Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro, and uh, we're here to talk about and review what Ro is. Uh, right, uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Uh, this is this is, is is this technically considered a sequel to Bumblebee? I'm, I've been confused oh. about what they're trying to do with the Transformers franchise right okay. now. So here. let's start right there. <laughs> I think that that if you were going to say that this is a sequel to any movie, then yes, the, you should refer it to Bumblebee and no other Transformers movie. Not just you know because this is a complete course correction. Because I felt like and I felt the same way. Like I wasn't a, a, a huge fan of Bumblebee, but it felt like it was also trying to do a course correction for yes the Bay. It feels like these last two films have been trying to erase the Bayverse from 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 oh. the new canon, right? And, and start, as of Rise fresh. of Beast, Bayham is gone. Okay, good. In, in in very good ways. Uh, Stephen Kappel uh, it very smartly played into some... Like, okay, you know how we always complain that there's too much human in our robot movies? Mm-hmm. There's not too much humans in our robot movies. Hmm. This is a robot movie. See, the opening yeah, sequence okay. is between robots. But the you know what? That's what they, they did. That, they, did that, they did that in, they did that in Bumblebee. When they what they went in for the 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 OG transform and we we're like wait a minute what are you, wait I I can't remember watching it, it was still way more humans in Bumblebee which is where I had my problem in it but the opening of that movie was going I'm like hey wait a minute y'all plan on doing an actual live action Transformer film without a whole lot of humans in it wait yeah possible and and, I'm like, and and the problem that they have before where they've tried to make our science smart also battle savvy person one person, aka either Mike Wahlberg or Shia LaBeouf, they have they they've given us two people where they logically and rationally split their personalities and made it fit. So Anthony Ramos stars as the electronics whiz and ex soldier Noah Diaz. And um how he ends up in the world of the Autobots is simultaneously funny and extremely annoying in the sense that when people want to write scripts that are things that are supposed to be set in the 90s the idea of the limits they have on what could be the black or brown experience is very frustrating in this movie because he is a soldier who is at home who's looking for a job and is um he's trying to help support his family his mom works a bunch of hours and i think she's even like you know and he's got a little brother and you know the things that he tries to do to be legit don't seem like they're working it's a very 90s sense sensibility to the storyline but they stop short of turning this into a you know brown people only options we have is to do crime right but they set up an ethical dilemma it works it's funny I apparently, my problem with Pete Davis is his face because his voice in this movie did not get on my nerves. It was actually perfectly suited to the character they had him playing. And um, that was a revelation for me to know that what I don't like is Pete Davis' face. Not so much his voice when you can't see him because then you can't see what he's doing with his face when he says the things he says. And giving him a robot face kind of made it work for me. 
But yeah, no, the whole story is about um, they're trying to find a new artifact, get them off Earth that'll allow them to travel through space and time to get back home. And there's a world-eating planet-sized villain called Unicron. Um, they keep it very simple. They also keep it really close to things that people are going to recognize. So the nostalgia is real. The nostalgia is high. Um, you've got Autobots. You've got Maximals. It's the first time that you're not dealing with Decepticons. Um, the Dinobots are not back from the Age of Extinction, which, again, just you know drives home the fact that there's a lot of Dinobot disrespect going on. <laughs> but believe it or not, it pays off. It pays off in more than nostalgia. I was fully invested. Um, I like I'm out here rooting for people. I love Dominique Fishback. They didn't they also kind of set up a very 90s feeling. She's working as an intern. She's the smartest person in the room. She works for the museum. Um she's super, 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 super smart. And again, you end up on a globetrotting adventure. Her, she, you know, she plays Elena Wallace. She's an artifact researcher in the museum. To be specific, that is who Dominic Fishback is playing. Um, they do some very typical things. Ironically enough, some of the stuff that they do in here, Chris, uh, is how they should have played a research artifact researcher or somebody who ends up in a museum setting that they did wrong in the second Wonder Woman. Mm. Like, so, you know, she works for someone who basically they can't do their job without her because they're lazy. They insert her rationally into an environment where she would come across an artifact and then uh, get swept up in this world because the Autobots and the minions of Unicrom come for it. And that's how her paths naturally cross with no Diaz. And then they have to make a decision, you know, beyond simply surviving they also take a page a little bit out of um moon knight's book about how they stage some of the fight scenes that happen in the museum but again uh it works it works I, i'm not gonna it's, lie this, this is one of the ones that the screen i carly was like i kind of wish they had more of it i kind of wanted i was like i'm not a, i've always sworn off a transformers film but i was like i saw the trailer i was like yeah, they might get me on this one because again bumblebee wasn't horrible and i and i think the mm -hmm. thing that what you're saying here uh, that would that kind of had me nervous was that I thought it was going to be more too much humans, but even Bumblebee did a little bit less of that, and something like did even less of that here. I'm like, I kind of want to see it. I'm I'm not a fan. I don't know why the the, the score is where it is, especially having seen the Flash. I don't know why that. I know I know why the score is where it is. It's because there are not a lot of humans in this movie, and none of the humans mm. that are in this movie are white. Mm. Okay, that's even that's even like, more that's even more important for me. Why I, I actually kind of want to. Like I, I think I think there are two white people who have speaking oh, that'll parts. do it. That'll one do it. One in the it. first act and one in the final act. And the first act is a woman, and the final act is a man. Eh, that'll do it. That'll and, do uh, it. And, and and I also think that a lot of people, um, okay, you remember some of the cartoons where like you get these big, huge battlefield fight scenes, and it's almost always around the fact that Optimus Prime needs to have his come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. They actually do that in this movie. <laughs> like, the, like I was like, you made a movie for people who like Transformers. Like, he, there's a solid balance between kind of the, you know, the 
the doomsday storyline that's pretty standard fare for these types of blockbusters and it's uh it, and it is action and entertainment first because again this is hasbro and this is a transformers movie but this is a globe trotting it's a, it's a globe trotting um scavenger hunt you go from new york to peru um there, there's some organic moments between the humans. There's, there's a, the dichotomy and the juxtaposition of people in the us them, and you've got to, again the reset to Optimus Prime is to Bumblebee. So Optimus Prime is still fuck them humans. <laughs> he got some shit to work out, and that's. I'm not gonna lie. There's, there's a moment in the trailer. There's a moment in the trailer. I think he's talking to Mirage. He goes like, "You brought a human here." I'm like, "Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, I like that shit." Yeah, he you brought a human here? You brought a human here? Why would you do that shit? Yeah, I'm I'm with Optimus on that shit. Why'd you bring a human here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that like they 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 are they take you back to those places that is where you were sitting. And I and I truly feel um for a lot of people, those were not the things that they liked about the first Transformers. So the fact that they're leaning into the things that are actually Transformers. That and uh, and if you are here for Bumblebee, you are going to be simultaneously tragically um, um, stunned by something happened, and yet simultaneously excited because they understand. Stephen Caper Jr. understands the value of Bumblebee, and he does not waste that character. But he also remembers the value of the other Autobot. Mm-hmm. So, you know. They pick and choose who's coming back slowly as they come back together. And it's a small, tight, we got to go save the world. We got to go find this mystical object type thing. And when you meet Optimus Primal and see what's up with him, you know, Ron Perlman was actually a pretty good fit for the voice. Uh, Michelle, as the the, the peregrine falcon, um, Ariza, Ar, Ariz, uh, Ar- Azor? I think that's it, Ar- Azor. Um, all of that works. It's like there was almost to the point to when this movie opened up. This is a great opening sequence, by the way. Um, the, they don't have any effects problems. They don't seem to be having any CGI problems. Hmm. Maybe it's because there's no humans that they need to try hmm. to bring to scale. Hmm. 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 But it's got, it's got movement. Um, they, 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 they reestablish the understanding of the connection to nature. They reestablish what ultimately becomes the reason that's the driving mission of the Autobots on Earth. Um, it's vibrant. It's got color. It really, really, really will remind you of some of the morning cartoons. But what it's not is it's unfortunately not a Beast Wars movie. But I don't think it's supposed to be. I think it's simply supposed to introduce those characters, and it does so well that I now would like my Beast Wars movie. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And um. Uh, Coleman doing his Unicron work. Um, every, every everything kind of sits nicely in the pocket. Sometimes the music, um, I feel sets a vibe that's a little too forward contemporary, so you fall out of that '94 pocket. But you know, y'all ain't gonna know because most of the people who gonna see this movie were either not here in '94 or are not gonna care. I'm not gonna lie. The trailer, some of the the trailer did some of it too, and I was like, oh, that's what you're going with. Okay, that's interesting. Well, that's a that's a question I have. Then is this film set in the '90s? I believe it is supposed to be. Okay, that would explain it then. And and that's and I think it is actually supposed to be set in '94. Um, it's not that far a pickup from where they kind of 
fudged around with what is time in Bumblebee. This gotcha. feels like they are kind of rewinding a little and removing us a little. Gotcha. And they opened the door to a crossover in a way at the end of this movie that may feel kind of like it's just oh here you go not able to let a franchise go but as someone who actually kind of liked the one shots and the short runs for the comic i was excited because i can't say exactly what it is i think i might know what it is i'm I'm, I'm, I'm pinging you after this i think i might know what you're you're thinking about because if it is i'm like i think there were some rumblings about this and i was like we we kind of mentioned that this might actually work but We'll, we'll talk after we're talking after listen yeah. when i when i tell you they they open the door to go back and revitalize another world and it works chris it fucking works and a lot of the humor that i said felt scooby-doo-ish in the flash doesn't feel that way in transformers but some of the beats mm-hmm. are there and they don't feel like massive interruptions in the film and it's because this is in it's it's in time think like you know you're not you don't have any dissonance as to you've got a character who's out of time and they're doing these things so the nostalgia the nostalgia hits um they 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 rein in all of the psychotic bayham that used to exist in this world the story is not complicated um the actors do what they're supposed to do and it really works um, there's a couple of times where some of the things that they did, like production-wise, like set-wise, I'm like, but why? But I get what it is. But it's it's this this is this they have returned to a style of summer movie and uh, popular franchise characters that we really haven't had in a long time. But this 100% is a solid course correction. For the transformers and i believe that they are moving in the right direction now what would you give this seven and a half okay. yeah actually i mean I if they had made out, better yeah. choices in their music i might have given it an eight okay you said actually what i actually i actually want to check this out i, I really do as is one of the screeners i was sad about i, I made I made the choice that I know I needed to make, but it's not the right choice I wanted to make in terms of what films I could watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I no. made the, I made the, I made, a, I made a choice for the fans and not a choice for myself. I put it that way. And I'm saying this as somebody who, you guys have known me, I'm not a big Transformer live action person, but I was kept get watching. This is the one I kind of watched, and I didn't want to say something to anybody going like, I actually think this one might actually. They might actually get me, and so they actually might get me when this comes to streaming. I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, they definitely got me when it comes. To, I'm gonna watch this on streaming. Oh, I mean, if you like, you 100 percent need to watch this when you like. I enjoyed this movie. I did not expect to. It's like a little minor battle between good and evil, and I really felt like somebody gave me my live action featured length movie that you get at the end of a season before the season like before the tv rolls over to reruns when you used to get cartoons man like that's what this feels like and i was like okay you're not trying to do too much you're not trying to go too crazy um you know they took out some of the bad banter and they replaced it with you know funny conversations like the, the grounding that they gave them in new york it worked because what bumblebees was in the 80s right mm-hmm. 
So moving forward to 94, they're even giving you a smart kind of time. And like, you know, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, the nose plays. But I think my favorite character in this movie is the, the outside of the robots. Is the, my favorite human was the younger brother of um, Noah Diaz's character, Chris, and because he's a hot ass mess. <laughs> um, but they do it sweet, and again, we have now had an example of because family, when that's not just the point to give you something to stay on screen. Then, uh, you say, say again. No, like this movie is really heavily oriented around the idea of family. It's the idea oh. of welcome <laughs> without it just being so someone can scream because family. Like yeah. Peter Dinklage is Optimus Primal. I really enjoyed that. I actually wanted more of the beasts because again, I like I like Beast Wars. Um, Peter, but yeah, Peter no, Dinklage? everything works. It's kind of it's tactile. Wait, hold on, hold on. It's, it wasn't it's, I didn't think it was Peter Dinklage as optimal optimal optimus primal. Or no, Peter Dinklage is scour- scourge. Okay, scourge. Cool. I was like, I, was, I thought Excuse it was Ron me. Perlman. Yeah. Perlman, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 No. 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 Uh, yeah. No. Ron Perlman is uh, Optimus Primal. Peter Dinklage is Scourge, the leader of the Terracons. And when I tell you that Scourge is disrespectful, and Peter Dinklage really, really well, well relished in talking shit. Mm-hmm. He talks shit to Bumblebee. He talks shit to Optimus Prime. He talks shit to everybody. He talks shit and then kill you. <laughs> he cuts it like it. It was he. It's disrespectful the way he was just talking shit to people. But he could back it up, so it worked. That that's why I said it, it would be higher than a seven and a half if somebody had maybe told them, "We don't need you to pull out every hip hop classic you got cleared." Mm. Got you. But again, there's no stupid Lincoln Park needle drop moment. There's no unwieldy action. Everything makes sense. It was, it's, it's, it was, and I didn't have a problem with the fight scene. But then again, I like the seemingly endless cartoon fight scenes that were in the cartoons, and they do one in this movie. So if you like Transformers, I think you're going to find this to be an enjoyable course correction. If you like your nostalgia to play, have, be playful, have persona, but also work in the storyline, I think this movie is going to make sense. It comes out Friday, June 9th. If you're hitting the movie theaters, absolutely do it. If you're still not doing movies, this definitely needs to be on your streaming list. Got you. Okay. Um, all right. Well, there you guys have it. That is the review for Transformers Rise of the Beast. Uh, find the rest of the reviews on Movie Trailer Reviews, uh, iTunes, Radio, and Spotify, and we'll be back soon. So until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.